Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime. Where sexual assault is so common you get to sign a waiver not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, bulimia, obesity, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist, because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the hairiest bear in the cage. I'm not going with baddest because I'm mad at you right now. The hairiest bear in the cage, Bear Fiora. Hi, honey. So it's it's my effectiveness as a fighter is based on whether you're mad at me or not. Well, if in that moment I think or feel like I can kick your ass, you're a less effective fighter. You can always kick my ass. That's I'm never the point. Gonna fight you. <laughs> That's the point. So I can kick your ass, which makes me the baddest fighter on the show. Oh, yes. I guess it does, doesn't it? It does. It makes me the toughest. So there is a lot going on in the world today. But I'll, I'll tell you what we're going to talk about right now as far as going on in the world. Mike Tyson's beating up planes. Yeah. He's beating up plane people. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so here's the alleged, the alleged story goes that the gentleman and Mike Tyson had an interaction prior to being on the plane, right? At some point, it was supposed to have, I guess, stopped. But he continued to what they call harass, what other people would call uh, talk or communicate to Mike Tyson. Uh supposedly the man threw a water bottle at Mike Tyson. He was supposedly intoxicated. And at some point Tyson lost it and just started beating the fuck out of this guy. It was in the seat behind him. And then finally decided he was done, turned back around and left. Police stopped them both, uh, questioned them both. They've both been released. The other guy had minor injuries to the head, a little bit of bleeding in the forehead that we could all see. I, I have to say... I'd like to remind everyone, first of all, when we use bad language on the show, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Fuck yeah, support your local nonprofits. We, we call cursing. it the Sean, yeah, we call it the Sean Patrick Flannity rule. Because he cursed 72 or six times consecutively, like flawlessly, it was well executed uh, during the radio show. In, in 30 minutes, he in said the F minutes. word 72 yeah. times. Yeah, it was, oh, it was amazing. It, and it felt like it all went together. Now, yeah. all speaking of, of somebody being completely fucked, um, Mike Tyson, yeah, Mike Tyson, like, you know he had to be taking it easy on this guy, or this guy would have been spitting out brain. <laughs> Spitting up right. You know, I, I want to initially say that well, most people can take a punch better than you think, but no, not not, not, not from Mike Tyson. Tyson. Not from Tyson. Doesn't matter. The man can be ninety years old; he still knocked me out. Now, if it's true, I think he kind of had it coming. Like, it, of all people, and, and he knew who he was. He was a fan. He was talking to him beforehand to throw a water bottle at him. And I'm not imagining it was like a pitcher's throw, but maybe he even just tossed it trying to get his attention. You gotta be really stupid to do that. Intoxication doesn't cover. I could be blackout and drunk and know I'm not gonna throw shit at Mike Tyson. 
The question was, like, why was he so angry at Mike Tyson? I it, he's in the video you can see of the of the other passengers videotaping it. You can see the guys constantly trying to interact with him. He's calling to him. He's making faces. Tyson seems to be kind of disengaged from the situation, only occasionally acknowledging the guy's existence. So he could have been irate on top of drunk at the fact that Tyson wasn't giving him the uh, interaction he wanted. You know, Hence I, the bottle comes into play. No, I get that. I think what catches me, like, I've had guys do some weird stuff that have either seen films or you know, uh, followed when I modeled or even people from the show or from the live stream. Like we had what, 33 million people watching last month. Yeah. Um, and, and I've had guys do some weird stuff like, but, but the worst they do with me is like, here, look at my penis. Not, th not, not throw throwing water bottles. Water bottles. Think, that, that said, they're not in your presence. Mike Tyson had to deal with this with someone in front of him. Now I, I, okay. I talk at Comic-Con yeah. and I did a lot of horror movies I'm around a lot of guys that were very into me for the stuff that I did, so. I, that's fair, too. Uh, but all of that being said, I am not Mike Tyson level, and this guy sounds like a jerk. He does. And, you know, one thing that surprised me, Tyson, a story goes, he used to have an entourage, bodyguards to protect the public from him at one point. I don't know what made him think he doesn't need that anymore, but if anything, he should hire some new ones. I think it's just gotten to a point where... When you look at Mike Tyson, yeah, you people expect they expect Mike Tyson to put up with it, and they do for most celebrities. Like, oh, hey, look, look at, I'm uh, a fan. Like, what happened to that Amy Schumer? Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, your 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 celebrity. It, something you guys should always keep in mind is the people you idolize and look up to in the world of Hollywood or entertainment, be it fighters, actors, whoever, they are still people. Now, yes, they're probably a lot more tolerant given the fact that there are hundreds of millions of people screaming their names and always wanting interaction, but that's still a human being. They have the same ability to crack as you do. And, and, and we're also really not fans when you show us your penis. I'm just that's saying. That's true. <laughs> and that's just, that's not even Hollywood. That's just <laughs> girls in general. No, stop doing it, stop guys. Stop showing women your penis, penis is unwarranted. Yeah. But it, that, that's it. Like, I, I cannot, it sounds like Mike Tyson was incredibly tolerant for an extended period of time. Yeah, it, it you can see it. You can see how long the interaction there. In fact, it was so long. The guy has several cuts of different footage, specifically the one I'm thinking of filming this whole interaction. He's got some of the guy trying to talk to Tyson, some of the guy just laughing, some of the guy making faces at the camera. This went on for a period. Tyson didn't just lose his shit in three seconds with this man. Ironically, Tyson's not known for that. He's known for a lot of bad things, but that's not. Of course, one. yeah. But um. Oh, speaking of people losing their temper, there's this guy, and I want to know what you think. Do you think he was right or wrong? This, uh, of course, came from Reddit. Of course. So the dad cusses out his son's teacher when he tried to force him to invite the whole class to the, the his son's birthday party. And everyone's debating who's wrong. This has gone really, really viral. So wait, it, the son, I, I may have misheard you. The dad cursed out the teacher mm -hmm. because the teacher tried to invite all the students to the son's so, birthday sort party. Sort of. So according to the dad yeah. uh, from Am I the Asshole? We'll call him Rob. He was surprised to get a call from his son's teacher. The teacher calls and says she understands that Al's having a birthday party and that he invited a few of his friends from class, but not everyone. The dad said, yeah, it, there's a few kids in the class that he has a problem with and I don't want to invite I them. Know this is going. And he said, besides, I don't think we can handle 24 kids and their parents. Yeah. She then tells him the class rule is if any kids in the class are invited, all the kids are to be invited. I told her it's an event outside of school hours on private property in my home. She cannot tell me what to do. 
and I in who I can and can't invite. The same as I couldn't tell her who she couldn't couldn't invite from her thank, to her Thanksgiving dinner. Right. She then tells him there's a good reason for the rule, so kids don't get their feelings hurt. Um, and he and the dad first said, first of all, first of all, screw those other kids. I, I know. Who cares? <laughs> uh, and the dad said, look, if I invite the other 24 plus their parents, that's like 72 people. Um, he has friends from other classes that he's inviting. I'm not going to invite their whole classes. And she said, he's in my class. He's under my supervision. It's my rule. I told him, uh, I told her that my son's only under her supervision while, uh, she's teaching him. Yeah. I'm the one throwing the party. I'm going to make the rules for this. Right. It doesn't involve her. After a bit of back and forth, he lost his cool. He said, lady, it's pretty clear you're used to bossing around kids who have to listen to you and that don't seem to understand your little fiefdom ends at the end of the school day and doesn't go any further. I'm not a six-year-old in your class. I'm a 38-year-old union electrician planning a private event in my own home off school hours. If you think you're one to make the rules for me in my home, which I pay the mortgage, you can go fuck yourself. There the isn't a goddamn you. thing you Morning, can do about it. I'll go in there and turn the power mm. off specifically in your classroom. She, said, she then stammered he ended the call. Now, his wife agrees with him, but they think he went too far saying go fuck yourself. No. What uh, do you think? What, who, what, what news outlet is that on right there? Uh, this is on BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed, okay. So, first of all, thank you BuzzFeed for making that story. That's fantastic, and I'm glad that was in the world of entertainment because that really did entertain me. Uh, second of all, that lady can definitely go fuck herself. Um, she's on some mad power trip. This reminds me of a lady I met at Aldi who got super pissed that I accidentally grabbed a crate instead of a box to hold my groceries in. And I, I literally just walked up as I'm handling it and just takes it from me and walks away and asks, what's wrong? And she said, you can't use crates and just left. Like you're on some mad power trip because you're in a slight position of authority over, in this case, six-year-olds. Come on. No, I would walk into your classroom freely and willingly if I needed my child to leave. I don't care about your school rules. I don't care what you're doing. That's my kid, my choice. You know, I'll pull him out of your school and put him in someone else's school. I don't care. Look at that. Well, speaking of fucked up shit, guys, write in on Twitter. We're going to be doing some giveaways. We have a ride for two at Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California. <laughs> Give us your opinion. Uh, we also have a float at Trures, Sedona, or Las Vegas. So if you're looking for a float or you want an ATV ride, write in on Twitter and tell me, do you think the dad was the bad guy? Today, we are going to have one of my favorite people in the world. We are going to uh, have Rob from McDojo Life. He is going to be on with us right after this. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, Bear Fjorda. We are going to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with McDojo Life, the one, the only Rob. I know that's why you guys are here. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. 
You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the bear that is sleeping on the couch because he pissed me off today, Bear Fiora, and our very, very special guest, creator of McDojo Life. You guys should be following him on YouTube, TikTok. You should be following him everywhere. He is absolutely one of my favorite creators. I'm not even into martial arts, and I enjoy him. So, I, so watch it, watch it, watch it. McDojo Life, it is incredible. And very, a very, very big welcome to our special guest, Rob. Rob, welcome. What up? Thanks for having me back on the show. I appreciate it. Always love well, talking shop. Well, thank you for coming back on. Everyone loved you last time. Uh, you've been doing martial arts for about 24 years. I'm going to ask, what got you into doing McDojo Life? Just for everyone that's missed, everyone that's new, go follow him, by the way, guys. Oh, well, I started martial arts when I was 12 because I was constantly picked on and bullied because I have scars on my face. Uh, I was born with something called a cleft lip and palate, and uh, I had to go through a lot of surgeries as a kid. And so um, I eventually did get jumped by a group of kids, and they wound up beating me up pretty bad. And a friend of mine happened to be walking by and picked me up and helped me go to uh, the nurse at school. He handed me a card during that walk, and he said, you need this. And it was a card for karate classes. It was a trial class card. And uh, my mom gave it to me. She bought a year's worth of classes for me that next month, which was my birthday. Um, and so now I have officially, since my birthday was last week, I have officially been training for 25 years. Damn, man. That's incredible. That's an incredible amount of dedication to that. Yeah, I mean, it takes a, it, there's not a lot of people on the planet that really just enjoy getting punched in the face for a hobby, but we exist. For 25 years at that. That's a hell of a hobby. That's that's a hobby, hobby that leaves you black and blue. Now, with you know, me, I, I, I have a quick question because you you mentioned something just now that I don't. I remember y'all saying about the charity thing for cussing, but you told you said earlier on the show that apparently Sean Patrick Flannery, who was a friend of mine by the way, actually set the record for the amount of cussing on your show. He did. He's the reason we were live at Comic-Con. We were at Phoenix Comic-Con, and he was on the show live with us. And in 30 minutes, uh, he, he uh, said the F word 72 times. And it was organic. If you've had, you, you know him. You've had a conversation with him. It is incredible how much swearing he can do. And it was very, very organic. And so we got in a lot of trouble for that. And I said, well, it's for charity. He's doing it for charity. And it was just to not get us in trouble. So I started BSing on the spot. And now it's for charity. Every time someone uses bad language, we, uh, it's matched by Voice America. We give money to the Boys and Girls Club, the Humane Society, and Free MMA. And actually, uh, Sean Patrick Flannerty, he, he was, he's awesome. He's really into martial arts. He does jiu-jitsu. Um, he's a really, really dope guy. Yeah, man. The only reason I mentioned that is because I think I could beat it. <laughs> you think you could beat it? <laughs> I mean, hell, we can get a, I don't know if we can get a counter going, but we can at least We, we could definitely, Lex actually counts it at the oh, end of every show. She has to do it manually, so she's going to be pissed. <laughs> I think oh, that's fantastic. Man. Do it. Oh, <laughs> um, that is so, fucking great. <laughs> right, here we go. Lex is going to be thrilled. And then uh, you'll hold the title. <laughs> so, I ha I'm going to ask you, you, you've been doing martial arts. What got you into the dark side of it? 
because really it sounds terrible, but you delve into the worst aspects of martial arts. I'm starting with the bad stuff this time. I'd like everyone to notice because everyone complained. <laughs> I went from this like wonderful story and then ended in misery last time. So I'm like, let's start with the bad stuff and I'm gonna, then, then we're going to talk funny. That's cool. Yeah, man. Like, well, the bad stuff just kind of naturally happens, you know, and any, you know, here comes a douchebag on. I'm sorry. There's a fucking guy right next to me on a motorcycle just revving it while I'm on the show. Yes, you suck. Yes, you, <laughs> yes, you know it, too. You have a small penis. It's very tiny. We're all sad for you. Uh, sorry. I just had to get that out of my system. It was annoying. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I, there he goes. What the fuck is Yeah, annoying. Annoying. But anyway, I digress. So I started uh, in the martial arts when I was 12, and so I started because of a bad reason. You know, I started because I was getting beat up and bullied and picked on. Um, and then I slowly started to realize that martial arts are very culty, like really culty. Like you all, as soon as you walk into a martial arts gym, you're automatically giving somebody authority and power over you that you've never met. <laughs> like you're just saying, you happen to know how to beat people up. I respect you for that. You would never walk into a jail and say that shit, you know, but for some reason, because they happen to have a title of sensei, coach, or professor, we just give them this authority over us, and it's very strange. And then from there, people take advantage of that, so it's really easy to find. That makes sense. Well, and there is historically, and this is going to sound terrible, let's get into the real depressing, there is historically a record of... Um, pedophiles especially trying to put themselves in positions of power and that seems to come up a lot in the martial arts community yeah i think that what happens is, is that the martial arts industry is not regulated and what i mean by not regulated is there is no organizing or governing body around the world for every martial art every martial art is basically self-regulating now, when it comes to the sport of things, you typically have to deal with state athletic commissions or you have to deal with, you know, local authorities on some level. But in terms of just opening up a gym, you don't really need any qualifications whatsoever. Anyone can do it. Anyone listening right now, there's probably some dude right now who's never done martial arts a day in his life listening to this going, that's not a bad idea. I might just start a martial arts gym. And that's how it goes. It's not that hard to start. No, and of course, on top of that, can, people can easily be convinced by things they've never seen before. You could be a white belt in any martial art, but if you simply know more than someone has ever seen or can make it look impressive or you're a good salesman, you've got clients. you got people willing to spend their hundreds of dollars for your bullshit. There was, yeah, there like, was uh, a... the story of a uh, – I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I, I want to hear your stories. That's what we're here for. <laughs> I got you. No, the story of James Heydrich. So James Heydrich back in the day was an extremely famous martial arts fraud. Globally, he was actually at one time recognized as the world's greatest psychic. And James Heydrich, his school was so big, he had over 2,000 students at one point. And all of those 2,000 students would come, like majority adults at the time, um, because his classes were so big, he actually had to hold his classes in an airplane hangar. Um, that was where he rented out space for his classes. But he was a complete fraud. He convinced people like royalty that he could stop the wind. Um, he was considered the world's greatest psychic in, uh, at the time. Uh, he fooled a scientist, like scientists hooked him up to machines to see if he could make electrical output um, more than the average person he could. Um, and so he fooled all these people on a global scale. And it's just so dirty what happens when you can just basically be good at conning people. And I think that that's where people make a mistake. They think that because someone, they think they can't be conned, and we could all be conned. You would never think you could be a better mechanic than a mechanic. You would never think you could be a better chef than a chef. 
So why do we think that we could be a better con artist than a con artist? It doesn't make sense. It's true. Whatever people put their time and effort into, that's what you're competing against. That where you maybe spend your days well, as a well. Look what happened to uh, we had we had Diego Sanchez on the oh, show yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Look what happened to him after spending time with that fucking idiot, uh, Fabia. Mm-hmm. Like it, you wouldn't yeah. expect anything like that to happen, and it, he destroyed Sanchez's life and and part of his career. It was so sad, you know, and I like. Back in the day, whenever that was going on, I say back in the day, it was only like a year and a half, maybe two years yeah. ago. But back when that back when that was going on, I refused to do a story about Fabia. So many people were asking me to, but I refused because every time that would happen, it was just falling on to, to Diego. And it was almost like Fabia yeah. was getting a free pass because no matter what, he was still getting paid. He was still able to take advantage of people. And so it was like, I'll wait. And then finally I saw him hanging upside down getting off that pole in that video and just getting punched in the head, bare knuckle by Fabi. I was like, fuck that. I'm making a story. And I just roasted him. Yeah. Well, we had, ironically, we had Fabia on here um, right after he and Diego split. We were actually set up to have both of them on. And Bear had said he would pay for counseling for Sanchez, like anything, just get away from this guy. And uh, the show's doing that now. It's actually setting up some stuff for Sanchez and setting up some help and stuff for him. Um, but he, uh, the, the stories he was telling, there was stuff he was telling us behind the scenes that I, I wasn't willing to put on air after he started telling us some of those stories. So it turned into a very, um, I'm, and we got real criti- really criticized for the way, cause we went after Fabia really hard and then we had Diego on and it was kind of a really light interview and we let him talk about what he wanted to talk about, but we had, um, some of the stuff in the pre-interview that we talked about with him, I just was not willing to put on air. It was, it was, it was too horrific. Yeah, but and, he's a victim. And, so it, and that's, that's what the people point. forget. He's a yeah, victim. Very much. You know? it's, it's terrible. And I think that kind of underscores what can happen when you talk about these con artists. Because you're talking about one of the greatest fighters to exist when you talk about Sanchez being convinced by this little dumb shit that this guy knows something or can do something to the point that, that he believed Fabia was a messiah. Um, but he believed Fabia could fight better than him. Diego Sanchez, one of the best fighters in the world, was convinced by this little dude that he knew how to fight better than Diego. Yeah, Diego, unfortunately, was just getting taken advantage of by a really, really, really good con artist. And people yeah. seem to think that you have to be dumb or naive or stupid to actually fall victim of con artists. And nothing could be further from the truth. The real truth is, is that we all have these opportunities in our life where some person, guru, instructor, teacher, whoever it may be, could come into our life at a very specific moment and just take advantage of us because they're trying to fill a hole. They see that we have an issue and they're the ones that say they can fill that hole. And it could happen to any of us. You know, it's, it's, that's the sad part. I think that's exa- you hit the nail right on the head. If you have some, anything you need, that's what they're preying on. If you have a need to be fit, healthy, you want happiness in your life, marriage, you want a better career, they can come in and talk to you about whatever they want and entice you to be a part of their cult. And I think that's what's going on with these martial artists. They're finding these people that are vulnerable mm-hmm. and going, and, and I think Fabia is the best example. He's a poster child for the, for the asshole guru that takes advantage. But even the smaller ones in these... Um, in these dojos are doing the same thing. I'm going to teach you Aikido. Come here and you'll learn self-defense. How the fuck are you going to learn self-defense from Aikido? 
Yeah, but you know, sorry. It, it might provide you with supplemental things. You know, it might provide you with a little more exercise and movement than you're used to. If you do nothing, it might provide you with camaraderie. You know, you might learn some wrist locks that might be handy somewhere, sometime, maybe. But at the end of the day, you usually do that not for self-defense. And that's like what I consider mislabeling technique. It's like you see it more, not so much with a keto, but really with like cardio kickboxing facilities. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. they'll advertise self-defense when it's not self-defense. And it's not even kickboxing. It's cardio kickboxing. So you're basically learning how to punch and kick a bag, hopefully correctly. That's it, you know? Yeah, they also actually, I just heard about this today, something called boxer size. I'm yeah, imagining it's like jazz size. Same concept. Yeah, music playing, you got a beat going, and you got some dudes shouting out the techniques techniques for you to do. But I think... Um, Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, but I think what Rob was saying about walking into that level of authority, mm-hmm. if you look how far some of these people have taken it, there is a level of authority that's given to these teachers, and we don't really look into credentials. No, not at all. You know, what's even sadder is, you know, my theory, and this is just a theory, but I hope that I'm right, and this is the message I'm spreading anyway, is that I think a lot of these issues could be solved with some very simple solutions. For one, requiring every martial arts gym and school owner who teaches martial arts to require a local and federal background check of every employee. Um, yeah, I think that if you start doing it, you can weed out a lot of pedophilia. You could weed out a lot of nonsense. A lot of people who maybe need to be looked into a little harder. Like for instance, I don't think there's anything wrong if somebody has had a shady past, they had a rough life and they fixed themselves and they've done better. That's what martial arts is for is to make you better. But yeah. that doesn't mean that I'm not going to be watching that person like a fucking hawk, you know, like I will be watching you. You're a convicted felon and you're a convicted felon for like embezzling. Well, guess what? You don't get to be in charge of my money, but you can work here because we want to make you better, you know. But it's one of those things where I think that if you do that, require CPR and first aid, you'd be amazed about how quickly our schools in the martial arts industry improve. Well, I think it's interesting. Free MMA, the one Jared runs, the one Bed has. Everyone has to have first aid, everyone has to have uh, CPR, and they have to go through a background check. Not because it's a martial arts school, because it's a non-profit. They require more effort for a non-profit than for a martial arts school. He could be giving away tennis shoes, and that's required, mm-hmm. but not for a martial arts school. I, it just happens to be a martial arts school. Well, that was leading into a different... I think we're running out of time before this break. Yeah, we're going to go to break in about one minute. But I was leading into another topic I was going to bring up to you, and that is anyone, again, like we talked about earlier, can claim to be a martial arts master or guru. And there's a couple of guys... Uh, one of them I even made a video about on TikTok where they just can preach the most nonsensical techniques and get people to buy into it. And there's no one to tell them that they're wrong or that's improper. Well, and they've got no, McDojo. And they, of course, they have you, Rob. But there's no <laughs> body of government saying, hey, that's that's detrimental to people. You cannot do this. Yeah, I that's think the because, trick, right? I think it goes, I think it goes to almost uh, because a lot of this is so spiritual. If you go after it, you're going to have people um, – screaming that their rights are being infringed yeah absolutely it's, it's very very weird I, the only people i really have any issues with that from are indonesia for some reason but then again what's really crazy is the the thing they're defending isn't actually a part of their culture which is kind of insane to me um but i know we're about to take a break so i don't I'll, i want to get back into that whenever i have a little time to talk about it all right guys we are going to go to break when we come back we are going to be on with rob from mcjojo life I'm Summer Helene. 
We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fiora, and we'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Sam Helene. We are on with my co-host, the hairiest bear that actually needs his back waxed. So we'll have that, by the way, live stream so you can watch him scream, Bear Fiora. And, of course, our very, very special guest, one of my favorite people to watch on YouTube, and you all better be following him on McDojo Life, Rob. Hey, Rob, we were talking right before we left about Indonesia. You said it's kind of really culty and really religion-y with the martial arts. What do well, you mean? Well, the thing is, is that in Indonesia, for instance, just like any other country, religion was brought there usually, right? So it spread, yeah. or they had their own religious practices, and then a major religion came in and then like wiped out maybe their original religion, like Christianity or, or being Muslim. And so... Uh, the Muslim religion is actually the religion that got brought into that area. And so when that got brought into the area, it became very deeply ingrained in the culture, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it actually had absolutely nothing whatsoever at all to do with their actual martial arts history because their yeah. martial art was around and they were defending and fighting people well before the Muslim religion got brought into their country. And so somewhere along the line, these cult leaders decided that they were going to turn Indonesian Salat into this like super culty thing. And not every Salat instructor does this, by the way, but there are quite a few from what I can see, thousands at least that actually take advantage of the disciples by making them believe in things like Debus or Tanaga Dalam or Ilmu Ludani, which are all... What is, yeah, what is that? Uh, so 
uh, their practices from the Muslim religion, and their Debus is like self-mutilation. Um, but it's self-mutilation, almost like a magic trick. So it'd be like you'll see someone like cut their arm, and then it'll be bleeding all over the place, and then they'll wipe their arm, and there'll be no blood. Um, what, what, ha- what is happening is clearly a parlor trick. It's a very easily explained parlor trick by just mixing two chemicals that are see-through, but when you put those two chemicals together, they react and they turn into a blood color. Um, this is mm-hmm. a very old magic trick, but they're convinced that, oh, my God, this guru can cut himself and not be hurt. It's like, no. So, and first, second of all, that's not even a part of Salat. <laughs> that's like a part of the religious practice, not a part of the martial art. Well, um, Islam uh, Islam doesn't, at least currently, uh, practice self-mutilation. So they've mixed this, this old school. Well, I think it depends. I think it's like any other religion. I think that there is the base religion and the the common religion that people practice, and then you have the extremists of any religion. Uh, so, like that makes instance, sense. Like there, you know, like self flagellation, for instance, is a part of a lot of religions, but most Catholicism. People don't practice it. You know, so it's one of those things where you would say, and also, you know, a lot of religions don't accept homosexuality, and then yeah. but the more common practices do. And so it's one of those things where there's always extremists in every group. So obviously I'm not picking on the Muslim religion itself. I'm just saying that these cult leaders take those bits and they say, you know what? We could do that. And since it's a country that is impoverished, they make these people who are extremely poor, living in extremely impoverished conditions, believe, you know what? You might not have money, but I can give you something better. I can give you superpowers. Like, for instance, uh, Tanaga Dalam, which translates to inner power. And that is some of the crazy stuff, too. You'll see people, like, run at them, and they'll wave their hand, and they'll fly back 30 feet. Um, or what? The oh, like the cheap you'll... bullshit? Yeah, they just call it something different. Um, and then the last one on that list is Ilmu Ludani, which is, like, the one where you'll see them, like, touch someone or wave their hand, and the person will literally be frozen like a statue. And they won't unfreeze until they touch them again. Um, but they really believe, or they at least convince people anyway, that this is real power that they could possess. But they have to follow the leader, and they have to listen to the leader, and they have to do what the leader says. Because if you don't, just like any other cult, you'll be excommunicated, and you won't have access to that power anymore because he's the only one that can give it to you. I've always been surprised how people kind of fall into the belief of the chi, and not necessarily – like everyone, at least if you've been in part of religion or maybe you grew up with the idea of it, believes in some kind of inner power. A lot of people believe that you only use 10% of your brain, which is absolutely not true. Um, but why do you think people so easily begin to believe this whole concept of being able to launch an opponent 30 feet back? What? Too much well, television. Like no, other... I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I think it works like any other cult. I think that there's a grooming process, and I think that there's a need and a want to have someone who is in charge of you. And I know that sounds strange, but I think that there is a little bit of safety and security and knowing that it doesn't all fall on your head, you know? No, no, no. I I get that. You you know, no matter what you do, there'll be somebody there who you can blame, you know, like, Oh, it wasn't me. I was the cult guy. You know, it wasn't me. I'm like, he told me to do it, you know? And so there's something secure there. I think also people really like the fact of having like a group, something to be a part of. Um, You look at a lot of people who do, pretty much any martial art, most people do not join martial arts because they want to be fighters. It's just not true. Most people join martial arts for various reasons. They want friends. They want a mentor. They want to get in shape. 
it could be a, a, a lot of different reasons. They want a hobby. They don't like the gym, so they want to do a group activity to lose weight. Um, and so it's the same thing. The only difference is, like, for instance, in Indonesia, you know, I told you guys the last time about some really horrific stories of some of the stuff I'd seen out of there. And yeah. so it's not just on a baseline level, just the martial art. It's also something that they're being brought up and taught as young children. So in that case, they're being indoctrinated. But, you know, somebody walks into a martial arts gym, the first thing you're going to do is not learn a chi ball. <laughs> you know, you're not going to learn how to, like, throw people around the room with your hands. What you're going to do is you're going to learn what everybody else learns, a basic kick, a basic punch, maybe a break fall, maybe a submission, and then slowly but surely over a long period of time be indoctrinated into a way of thinking that just isn't true. And most of those schools also try to isolate you. Don't allow you to go train at another facility. This is the only place you can train. Uh, if you go anywhere else, you're a traitor. That's like cult 101. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think what I find so interesting about it, um, working in Hollywood, I'm going to say I'm I, I'm probably in one of the most culty industries in the world, and I mean no offense to Hollywood, but uh, I started at Paramount Pictures. Every company I've worked for belonged to Viacom, which is Paramount Pictures. You that that whole you belong to a studio thing still exists. We speak a different language, and you shut up about sexual assault. Um, like it sounds terrible, but that that is it's that or you don't work. So um, I can see where if you felt your livelihood was being attacked or you felt your sense of identity was being attacked, I, I can see where you do that. I, I can see where you'd kind of go along with it. I mean, I know it's not I exactly the same, but. Yeah, I, but I get it. You know, that's, you know, it's just like anything else, right? It's so much easier to go along, to get along yep. than it is to go against the grain. Um, and I, I want to think that most people that I talk to, which is sad because that's a problem. That is a main problem with this is most people I've ever spoken to don't ever believe they can actually fall victim of a con artist. Like what? they don't. It's just astonishing to me. They don't think that anybody could outsmart them. And that is the scary part is like when you put your hand on a hot stove, the one thing you probably never want to do again is put your hand on a hot stove. But that's because you're aware of what that will do to you. If I gave you a stove and I never told you that the burner was hot, chances are good. Eventually, you'll figure it out, and it'll burn you, and then you'll never do it again. But if I just said, hey, man, Steve burned his hand on the stove, you'd be like, Steve's an idiot. He didn't know it was hot. Huh, never happened to me. Eventually, you'll get burned because then you become very careless. It's the hubris. Care. You don't think it could happen. Um, so but we all you think taken it's, advantage oh, of you, you think it's the hubris. You think it's people people's vanity, essentially, that leaves them in a position where they're open to it? Oh, yeah. Just like, uh, for instance, if I were to do like a magic trick in front of you, like I, you know that it's a magic trick because I told you it was a magic trick or you were aware that it was a magic trick because that was a magician. You know, if mm -hmm. I didn't tell you that was a magic trick and you had never seen magic before, that's another thing. Right. How many people have really had martial arts experience before they ever walked into the door for the first time? Most have right. none. All they know is TV and TV and movies go a full spectrum. They go all the way from. Things like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where people have cheap powers and run across buildings, all the way to the UFC, where it's about as legitimate as you can get. And so when you're looking at those two things, that's a big, like, distance between what's in the middle. <laughs> and, you know, there are people out there who really believe that, you know, if you just, like the old uh, roadhouse, just kick a man in the knee and he'll go down every time. Like, I've kicked a lot of dudes in the fucking leg, and I can tell you, they don't just go down. <laughs> like, they get pissed. 
and they get upset. But like, <laughs> you'd have to hit them pretty hard for them just to fall on the first one. You know, I. It's, it's I watched Jared kick I watched Bear kick uh, Sam Alvey right in the dangles he 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 was angry he didn't go down there was a lot of bouncing and then Bear was running so uh, most people get angry <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in this context of fake martial arts you posted a video that I loved and it was a breakdown of this guy who was demonstrating different feats of superhumanness I guess and it was mainly done with green screen. And a secondary person wearing a wearing a green suit, uh, interacting with the objects he's claiming to be using his telepathic powers on. Now, not necessarily that guy. Obviously, he's the scammer. But those side people, the people recording it, editing it, the actor in the green outfit. Do you think they're higher? Are they part of his student base? Do they still believe him even if they're participating? You could pay so me, I and I'd exactly. make that for you. <laughs> I know exactly the video you're talking about. So the video you're talking it, about actually did show the guy in the green suit, right? So it showed him yeah. doing the magic trick, doing the chi, and then it showed the editing process of him. And so that guy actually is a professional editor. So that's what he does. So he mm -hmm. professionally makes those type of uh, video effects. I don't know exactly what the, the professional term would be, but that's his actual job. So he's not a martial arts instructor. He's a guy who's just showing how easy it is to do. Oh, well, but that was, I, I loved I it. I'm glad he did that. Yeah, it was great. I thought it was amazing because it proved my point. Like, a lot of people will see stuff online and just go, oh, man, how did they do that? But, like, this dude's showing you. It ain't that hard. Um, but there is someone. Her name is Cynthia Chacha Daria or some crap like that. I don't know her last name. I'm not making fun of her name. But at the end of the day, she got a long-ass name. But she's got like 3 million followers, maybe 4 million followers on YouTube, and she made an entire career off of doing that crap. The only difference is, is that she actually tried to convince people it was real and still does. Now, get this. The people who were actually in on it are only a part of her inner circle. So it's like only like a handful of people who are really in on that bit. And then everybody else, they literally try to lie to them and convince them that it's real. Um, things like her, one of her original videos, which she took down because of how corny it was, was her like standing by a rock, putting her hand out, the rock breaks in half. Well, obviously that's just a CGI trick. That's just a video audio visual trick. But with that said, she tried to convince people that was real. And a lot of people in Indonesia believe her. Now you would imagine like, there's no way people on a global scale would fall for that. She became a stunt woman on, um, that, uh, that, Ten Rings movie, uh, that Marvel Ten Rings movie, whatever the hell. Yeah. What was it called? What yeah, was it, it was it was it was it was the Ten it Rings. Was, it was the ten, ten Rings. She's a stunt woman on that. Yep, she has a credit. I'd like everything. to. So she, I'd like to remind everyone that uh, that was made after Disney took uh, took over Marvel, so Paramount is not responsible for that. <laughs> Sorry. It's like not yeah, my fault. Man, it's, it's, <laughs> But that's somebody who's a prime example of somebody who conned their way and lied and scammed and cheated people all the way into a job in Hollywood. That's just insane. Then I guess, you know, not everyone's going to be aware. And at the end of the day, in their brains, who cares? Can she do the part? You know? And Maybe that's, that's what that, it comes down it? to. Yeah. The fact that it didn't rely on anything she could actually do or anything that makes her credible just... Can she fill the role? That's not and uncommon. That's what, that was the thing. You know, I did a breakdown about this lady, and I, I admitted at the end, I was like, she is actually extremely talented 
at doing this. She would be an amazing stunt woman. I will not take that away from her. The sad part is, is how many people she's fooled in Indonesia to convince them that they have these supernatural powers. And me personally, I told you a story about watching a child die who was involved yeah. in a, one of those supernatural scams. How many more people did she convince on a scale like that, that they actually could have those powers? And how many people died because of that negligence? Man. Yeah, I, I think there to... needs to be some I, I think people need to be held responsible like I get when 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 you guys fight or you guys compete yeah sign a waiver saying you die you, you know it happens tough like not in a bad way I you're both wonderful but you get what I mean like you go in there to fight shit happens but when you've got a kid that there needs to be some liability here if you're lying and putting people in danger there needs to be some kind of legal repercussion I mean, it's part of that whole unregulated thing <clears throat> yeah and it's tricky because how do you regulate body mechanics and what constitutes as martial arts? Like, for instance, if I were to reach my hand out straight and grab a pencil, that's a very similar movement to me reaching out to maybe pinch someone or a similar movement for me to grab a handful of something. Or if I just keep my fixed fist closed and I do it quick enough, that's a punch. So how do you regulate body mechanics? No, it's. I think that's part of the way reason why they get away with so many of this, this, uh, these activities and what they can actually do. There's no one for sure, or there's no solid way to govern these things, so no one's really putting in the effort to do it. I think, like, online, if you're a doctor, there's a regulating body for you, and people can get online and see reviews and see what you've done and see all of that. There needs to be some regulation, and frankly, right now, I mean, I hate to say it, Rob, but you are the regulation. Right, like, yeah. if somebody is doing something stupid, everyone's looking to you, like, did, did McDojo ever say anything about this place? Uh, honestly, yeah. if I... if. It hasn't occurred, or maybe it will one day be an option. You should put together a company or a foundation who's who becomes credible in this aspect, whose sole job is to research, you know, martial arts facilities or people and write reviews or instruct people against their practices. You'd be the guy people so believe. This is your thing. Yeah. You're the that's only guy the people believe. Is the hard the hard part about that is is a moral moral dilemma about where that goes because absolute power corrupts absolutely. So once yep. you start putting in some type of an organi organizing body or a governing body over the martial arts industry, when does that become corrupt? Because it is inevitable. And so yep. that's why what I do, I try so hard to make it a community. I want other people to look and see these egregious acts and us all to stand up as a group or as a unit, because just like anybody else, I could eventually be wrong. Now, I do a lot of research, don't get me wrong. I, that's the reason I've never been sued for liable or slander, because none of that shit would hold up because I always have evidence for what I say. But with that said, what happens if, like, hypothetically, is there's a board of directors for that, and then I get bought out, and then it's no longer up to me? Well, who is it up okay. to then? You know, and so that's the scariest part. That's the hardest part of it. You know, I, I get asked to do that all the time. I just refuse. No, that's I can see that. It's brilliant. A solid reason why to stay away from something like that. What are you most proud of in your career doing this? Um, every time I get a message from somebody thanking me for helping them out in one way or another, I think that always I would clump those all in the same because I always feel the same when I get them. I feel like I'm actually making a difference and I'm actually accomplishing something. 
and I'm actually changing lives by doing what I do. Um, those, those are the greatest moments ever. To know that you really had an impact on someone's life and changed it for the better about what you have to say. Now, I know last time we ended with asking your worst moment. I'm not going to do that again. I am going to say if you guys want to hear the last uh, time Rob was on, it got very, very dark at the end. It was very funny. There were funny stories, but I did I did ask things in the wrong order. So I'm going to ask, what was what moment were you happiest about in your in your career doing this? What has made you the most happy? Um. Well, I think that other than what I just said about receiving those amazing messages from people, because that really is, I mean, I, that's just the truth. That I get happy every time I see a message where somebody says I helped them, because um, it makes me like, sometimes you feel kind of useless, like, yeah, you are helping. And then sometimes you get a message like that, and you're like, fuck, I am, let's keep going. One more year, let's go. Um, but I think there's a couple, like one, um, I have a bucket list. It's my martial arts bucket list. And I have a couple that I want to accomplish. And I belong to a martial arts school, actually two. Um, and then one of those martial arts facilities, I got asked, like, on the spot if I wanted to be a part of a documentary. And they were like, hey, we'd really like to film you. We think that what you're doing with the nunchuck thing is great. Do you mind if we come over and film you and put you in this documentary? And at that time, I was like a 15-year-old kid. So I was, like, so stoked. I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait. My martial arts instructor at that time walked over and he basically put a kibosh on it because he made it all about him. <laughs> and so he told like the camera crew, he was like, well, why would you film him? Why wouldn't you film me? Cause I'm like much better. And I can give you a better idea for your documentary. Here's how I think your documentary should go. And he, he like talked to them. Like they, they didn't know what they were doing and like, they should make it about him. And then because of that, he like walked away or the camera crew walked away and they never came back. And so that was like a really impactful moment in my life. And I, at that moment I was like, you know what? I'm going to do some shit for me. Like, I want to do some shit for me that helps other people. But at the same time, I'm going to make myself an ingrained list of shit that my instructor has never accomplished. <laughs> and I know that that's weird, but that was like my way of like kind of getting back at him for that particular moment. And that's so really, I have actually, that's really fucked. Uh, like who does that to a kid who's like, no, no, no. I mean, sure. A kid's like, if I was that documentary crew, I'd want the kid kids play better on camera. And a kid that's talented, yeah. that plays really well on camera, like just from a Hollywood perspective. But cutting all that out, what asshole turns around and goes, ignore the kid, pay attention to me. No offense. No offense <laughs> yeah, to your teacher. that's how I felt. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm glad we agree. Um, yeah, so like at that <sighs> moment I made a list of things. That I was like, you've never accomplished these things, so I will. Like I'm going to do these on my own. Like I will no longer be that kid. I will make sure I do these things. And one of those – happened right after it was literally a month after I started my own martial arts school. And I was like early twenties. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do this on my own. I think I have the skill and talent to open up my own school. So I did it. Um, I wasn't prepared, but I did it anyway. And I got called from century martial arts. And I don't know if you guys know century martial arts or not, but it's yeah. a major yeah, martial arts organization. Um, and they actually run black belt magazine. They run Maya, which is the Martial Arts Industry Association. They run Century. And Century actually were the people who originally created the first UFC glove. And so I, um, I said, I'm going to be in their magazine. They have like a catalog. I was like, every time I open their catalog, it's full of martial artists who are like world champions. I was like, I'm going to be in that. And a month after I opened my school, they gave me a call, and they did a two-page spread on me. 
Hell yeah. That's I love that. It. That's awesome. Like, did you send a copy to your teacher and draw a middle <laughs> finger on it? Like, just maybe not the middle yeah. finger draw, but did you send one? Well, by that time, my instructor, um, rest in peace, he, he died a few years ago, but by that time, I found out my instructor had cancer. So I didn't oh. want to, like, rub it in his face because I didn't think that was <laughs> the right thing to do, but I thought I thought success would speak for itself. I like that. It was, Absolutely. It, the, uh, the best thing that can be said of somebody that behaves the way your instructor did is, what is it, if you, are, if you can't be a good example, be a cautionary tale. And people should learn from him that if you do that and you learned how not to be, and uh, people people learned how not to be. So, oh, see, yeah. I can say something nice. You, you did. You were very nice there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Rob, real quick, I have a bad memory, so I don't know if you said this before or not, but where do you run your school out of? I don't anymore. I actually got it bought out. So, like, originally how better. it worked was I worked – excuse me. Oh, sorry. I had to clear my throat. Um, originally, my original martial arts instructor, who I just told you a story about, um, I left him. And then I got hired by one of his students, which is very typical in the martial arts realm that the, like the head student will leave and start a school. So I worked for the the other guy, um, and I worked for him for a while. Uh, then after that, I decided that it was time for me to branch out and go out on my own. So I did that. And then while I was doing that, I had a very different structure and business model than a lot of people were doing, and it was extremely successful. And at the time, I was going to a jiu-jitsu academy. And then that jiu-jitsu academy saw what I was doing, and they were like, dude, we fucking love what you're doing. What would you think about doing that for us? And I was like, well, money talks. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they, they gave me an offer. It was a very good offer and a full-time job on top of that. And I was like, okay. So I, I took the deal, and I wind up working for them. And then I worked for them for a while, and then I got the Rogan bump one day, and then McDojo Life is my full-time job now. See, I think that's fantastic. You got the Rogan buff one day. Is that what you said? He the Rogan you, bump. He had you on I, that. I, I the like bump featured you on that show. Now, I will say, yeah, I, I will. Mm-hmm. I will say, um, we have about two minutes left. How can everyone find you? Where can they find you? Oh, just uh, McDojo Life, M C D O J O Life. Uh, pretty much at any social media platform. Right now, I'm making a hard push for our YouTube because I can just make so much better content on YouTube and get away with so much more because their policies and procedures are way more lenient than Instagram and TikTok. Yep. So go follow him on YouTube. Rob, thank you so, so much for being on. We didn't get to any of the questions that anyone asked. I didn't even look at them, so I'm going to get a lot of hate mail for that because you had a lot of fans <laughs> right in that we were supposed to respond. Um, we'd love to well, have you I'll on make again. It easy. Anybody out there who asked a question, just send me it directly and I'll answer it. There you go. So send him the questions. Don't send me hate mail. Go follow McDojo Life on YouTube. It is a really, really great channel, guys. It's one of my favorites. I don't even like martial arts, and I like this channel. I'm just saying. Um, it's, it's absolutely my favorite. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, of course, thank you for to my co-host. I appreciate it. Thank you, of course, to my co-host, Bear. Guys, we will see you next week. This is Behind the Scenes. I'm Summer Helene. Thank you to Bear Fjorda and Rob from McDojo Life. Again, follow McDojo Life. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.